Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. Joining me this week is the inimitable Joseph Druitt. Say hello, Joe. Hello. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Um, it's just Joe and I. So um, thanks for joining us. We are going to be talking today in our pursuit of hoppiness about Beck's for the name should be longer. Beck's beer. Beck's beer. Yeah, I'm talking about Beck's beer. I think I think most people will get if you say Beck's. They know what, yeah. they, that would bring Bex. up some sort of memories and resemblance. We're not, ta- we're not talking about Beck's as in David Beckham. We're talking about Beck's beer or um, the uh, the singer Beck. Beck. Yeah, oh, I like Beck. Yeah, I think we're digressing. Um, before we get into that, um, let's do our normal thing of, of uh, discuss a hot topic. So, um, Joe, is, is there some some beer news for us to? Uh, Get our heads around. We've got some big news, breaking news for two days ago. We go to Joe live. Germany, beer bottle shortage. Industry warns of tense situation. <laughs> so, yeah, we were making light of what could be a very tense situation, but how this whole situ- article has been uh, written by the BBC is, um, is quite funny. I have to admit, oh, it's a okay. bit too, they've used terms like the situation is extremely tense in quotation marks. <laughs> and I just, if I'm honest, I can't take someone writing words like that, like seriously. Um, they really need to have a beer and chill out. They <laughs> do need to have a beer and chill out. But that's because they can't bother. There's a glass beer, <laughs> oh, there's a glass bottle shortage in Germany. It's a self-perpetuating story of misery. <laughs> it is tense. We don't have our bottles. So yeah. They are warning the German uh, German breweries and the German b- uh, beer industry is reporting um, that basically bottles. There's a shortage of bottles. Everything they're contributing it to two main factors: uh, rising production costs and a shortage of lorry drivers. So apparently, brewers on the ground in Germany are having to pay up to eighty percent more for new glass bottles than they had to last year, um, and it's all to do with energy consumption. So as Germany kind of tries to reduce or or change, it's where it gets its energy from. Um, it's having a knock-on and a ripple-on effect, um, you know, across across all of all of uh, all of uh, Germany. Yeah, and of course, glass manufacture takes a huge amount of energy to make, uh, which obviously is in turn, and, and obviously bottles is one of the many things that comes out of is made in glass. Yeah. Um, but obviously, in Germany, a very you know where beer is very serious and a very big business, uh, it is of course going to take some big headlines here. Um, so yeah, so they're just saying that you know. All in all, uh, brewers are being are feeling the pinch when it comes to lack of glass being around and glass being a lot more expensive for bottles. Uh, and of course, that has come down to the consumer level where German consumers are paying on average 30% more for their beer than they once did, uh, even up to about a year ago. Uh, okay, so it's hit, hitting pockets as a result. Um... Yeah. I mean, it kind of guess makes it makes sense. I mean, I guess that statistic of eighty percent more for the breweries when it comes to the the, the glass itself, uh, you know, thirty percent of the final price to consumers. Maybe there's some you know cost of you know the breweries are taking on a little bit more, or maybe they're passing on. I don't know. See, so see, so I don't know how yeah, that cost works. I, I suppose that's because of how much of the glass contributes to their overall. Mm. I mean, I would say then in that case. You'd have thought that might be a bit small 
for a 30% increase. I don't have any of their accounts to hand, so I, I really shouldn't. Now, this is where in a film you, we'd, we'd montage you into like a 90s hacker, you know, kind of like just <laughs> tapping away furiously at a keyboard. I'm into the mainframe now. I'm um, in. <laughs> Um, I would also be uh, even more nerdy in my appearance than um, No, you'd but, be super cool. You'd be like, you know, I don't know, like wearing like fingerless gloves or something. <laughs> in a dark room. In a dark um, room. With a hoodie. That's, that's an image I don't think anyone needs uh, any more detail on. But that is, that is interesting, though, because maybe... Um, Particularly of um, in in uh, Germany, where they quite they do quite a lot of scale in um, for their breweries. I mean, yeah. we, spoke, we spoke recently about Bitburger, didn't we? A bit burger, or um, to pronounce uh, a little more. But that's curious that because I'm now wondering, I don't know, and someone out there probably probably does, and it will vary for different breweries. But what percentage of their costs are the is the packaging? What percentage is actually making the liquid? And what goes on the other things like, you know, marketing, sales, distribution, that sort of thing. But they've got problems with the glass. Really yes, they've got problems with the glass. And it's, I think it's become a real big issue or spotlighted here, in, you know, over in Germany because their glass is and glass bottles is such so much more prevalent over there. Mm. Um, so most beers are sold, like a majority of beers are sold in bottles. You know, they're yeah. bespoke, like, you know, taking a brand, each brand has its own glass, you know, glassware, all this stuff. Um, so it's, it's harder to replace, whereas most other places can't have become the dominant um you know kind of beer beer vessel let's say whereas in germany it still very much is a glass bottle so i wonder if this shortage the increase in price for glass uh you know the knock-on effect to consumers will you know i guess kind of change the beer landscape in germany where they will turn to more cans more readily available uh, materials maybe we'll see some even new innovations you know we saw uh, the likes of um, ab and bev using uh, paper um paper bottles um for their beer um you know not all that long ago absolute vodka started it and they did you know they popularized the idea but mm-hmm. ab and bev with budweiser have done that as well uh, in limited supplies so you know we could see card being used paper uh you know bottles being used for their uh for their their bottles in the future oh yeah anything's possible i suppose isn't it but mm-hmm. uh and yeah i suppose actually just as long as the so long the glass that's being used at the moment is being recycled, but um, I guess it can't go back around quick enough to, uh, well, to to get it used again. Well, it's funny you say that because they do say that actually, you know, they they, they kind of put out a. a uh, a, a PSA to, to the German populace. This is the German um, beer uh, industry kind of spokesperson, and he said the best thing you can do is to recycle uh, your mm. bottles and not hoard your used bottles in your basement. Oh, okay, because people do. People like to keep hold of old, old bottles, don't they? Do well, especially if they're in... all bespoke, I guess, you know, you'd like maybe a collector's yeah. thing or collecting yeah. beer bottles. I do really just admire in Germany that the <laughs> head of a brewing association can just has a way to just communicate with everyone. Really, really. It's like, <laughs> like 999 emergency services. You get one of those emergency text messages. <laughs> yeah. Goes out to we're everyone. Low on, we're low on glass. Get recycling glass. <laughs> Stop hoarding. Your glass bottles, hand them in. 
take it to the next level and have 999 like what emergency do you, fire brigade <laughs> and like when emergencies go out and you get the call and there's like reams and streams of people that are waiting at blood banks ready to give blood you know there'll be reams and streams of people at recycling banks ready to hand in their gl- glass bottles <laughs> When when the glass bottles start becoming a problem, air raid sirens go off. Like a... <laughs> oh, we must be low on glass. Quick, quick, get recycling. Come on, Granny, you can't have them in the basement anymore. We've got to recycle. Think yeah. of the bigger picture. Yeah. I don't care if you had a hundred years. Need a new one. Anyway, Need sorry. One. Yes, go on. Inter- yeah, well, interesting. Oh, uh, interesting interesting villain. We'll see how that happens, what the knock-on effects of that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, hope does, I hope it doesn't mean uh, people are getting charged uh, more than they need to, but uh, yeah. Well, well a 30% respond. increase is not insignificant, but also if you're, you know, it's helping out, I guess, the breweries, I'm sure people are more likely to do it. Because they did say that the, the main breweries that are going to get affected by this price uh, in, uh, uptake of, of glass is probably the medium to small brewers. Um, sure. You know, of course, because the big boys can probably bring in their glass from all over the world. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you've got to buy local if you're in that medium, smaller category. You've got to deal with what's happening in your in, in your country yeah. uh, more so. You're, you're kind of less able to flex, flex and buy your, your glass elsewhere. Fewer economies of scale, aren't they? Yeah. Got that degree for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, interesting, interesting news segment. Um, but now for the... <laughs> Now for our more panorama style <laughs> style part of the show where we talk where we talk about a particular beer. So our focus this week is is a German brewer. Um, very topical. Very topical. Yeah, we're moving on. Actually, yeah, we accidentally developed a theme um, beer in in Germany. Um, so Beck's Brewery. That now I seem to always have um, a story like this for for a lot of these. Uh, uh, breweries okay but i do think bex was the don't don't report it but i think bex was actually the first beer i drank in a pub as an underage (sighs) how dare you i know um the guilt has has been a horrible burden to to deliver this well i'm glad you're kind of letting this out barber i've got got this cathartic experience of sharing it with everyone and 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 um well i I don't know where we go from here but i think you just gotta hope that the public will forgive you you know you just gotta put yourself out there and just hope that you'll get people's forgiveness i might go politicians i think what the public joe is actually really interested in is me getting on with the job of doing the world's greatest podcasts (laughs) (laughs) and not dwelling on the bad i've paid the 50 pound let's move on here let's move on let's move on but hang on, my opponent also did this as well. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. this? What about Joe? He's a blooming disaster, that guy. <laughs> oh, Joe, we've just become satirists as well. <laughs> um, sorry, light, light moment there. But um, well, let's, do, let's talk about the brewery. So um, they've been around a while, I think. Um, they Joe, have been. Tell me, tell me how long. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so Bex has been it was established in 1873. So that is quite a long time. Mm. Um, to put it in context, uh, it was the same year that Coors Brewery started. Oh, okay. They've so, been around. Yeah, that's so that's a quite weird, a long time. Weird bit of a bit of factoid for you there. Symmetry with them, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, so the driving force behind the foundation of the Bex beer brand uh, isn't David Beckham. <laughs> Oh, right. okay. Or the singer-songwriter Beck. You know, we said this before, didn't we? Oh, okay. Uh, this yeah. actually Neither is in this be... article that I've started to read, actually. It's so funny that they said this. Oh, my God. Has our humour become a bit too sterile, Barbara? Are we too obvious with our well, humour? <laughs> oh, 
I quite like that. There's there's great minds that think alike. But then I was thinking, I was like, hang on, they must be old then if it was 1873. <laughs> I'm sorry, the point is it's, it's not. It's not them. It's not them. But it did start up, but who was around there? It was a person named Luder Rutenberg. He was an architect, builder, and eventual beer baron uh, who opened the brewery in the German city of Bremen in 1873. Ah, so it wasn't necessarily a beer... He didn't come from a beer. He wasn't because a lot of them. Well, I say start with well. He monk. Monk is also a traditional <laughs> traditional starter for this part of the world and, and, and beer. But he wasn't making beer before he established the brewery. No, it says he's just an architect and a builder. Yeah, bloke just making buildings. <laughs> decided. <laughs> do you know what I do with these buildings? Things. I've, what things I've, do I like? I, beer. <laughs> Yeah, I have had enough of just making buildings. I made a building for myself, and I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to brew beer in it. I like that. That's a man who knows what he wants. I mean, it's a natural progression, isn't it? You know, step one, become architect. Step two, build things. Step three, become a beer baron. (laughs) Love that. That That's amazing. Kids, if you're out there, sorry, I shouldn't shouldn't go into it. No, no kids. No, 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 no. but I think, well, grown-ups, if you don't know what Anyone you're above d- the age of 18 is a responsible drinker. <laughs> Please do do just click this um, bar at the button to say that you are so you can listen. But, um, but if you don't know what you want to do as a career, make a building. And while you're building it, you can figure out what you're going to do with it. I like that. Well done, Luda. You've set a good example to the rest of us. Um, but yeah, um, actually, I think I've, I've gotten onto the same... Same article as as yourself. So he, because he was a builder and architect, didn't know a lot about beer. So he got hold of um, Mr. May and Mr. Any guesses, anyone? <laughs> Mr. Beck. <laughs> <laughs> so a bloke called Thomas May, businessman. A bloke called Heinrich Beck, who was the brewer. You see where I'm going with this? Um, they started making the beer together. Um, so you had a bloke who built, who built it, bloke who ran the business, bloke who brewed, brewed the beer, uh, and then that's where the name come from. It came from is Mr. Heinrich Beck, um, as that sounded good. Uh, now, it, 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 from what I understand, um, that actually the recipe hasn't changed that much. I know we hear this a lot about these kind of like traditional. Mass beers, you know, they try and keep close to the recipe and they take the recipe throughout the years. But, you know, they are saying that it is still very much Beck's original take on on this Pilsner. And again, it is a class of a Pilsner. It comes from Germany, so it wouldn't be a lager. Uh, It is a Pilsner-style beer. Ah, so it will be the the same as as Bitburger from the other week then. Exactly. But it's the, the particular hops um, from from that neck of the woods. Um, Halatau. Halatau, Bavarian. Halatau. That's it. Hops. Um, and, it and, the, and they just say that basically the yeast... Exactly. So the hops are from are shared <laughs> with a couple of other like Bitburgers, um, but the yeast is very much exclusive to Bex. It's their own yeast. You stray, ah, yeah, okay. um, but again, you know, similar to for you know a beer coming out of Germany, all under uh, you know regulations from the German purity laws of fifteen sixteen. We've we've covered the purity laws quite a few times. Every time we talk about Germany uh, and German type beers, um, so yeah, so it still hits that standard of of uh, of pilsners of, of purity um, that's come out. 
Yeah, and so actually to that end, I also you're talk, talking basically there about, about history, aren't you? So um, also I understand that the same family owned Becks up as up as recently as as, as two thousand and one. Um, so that's interesting. So that was like kind of a combination of maybe the Rutenberg, the Mays, and the Becks. Kind of yeah, group. I suppose whoever whoever inherited it from them um, <coughs> that that first time round, we just kept it in the family for, for, until two thousand and one. Jake, do you, do you want to have a, a, uh, a take a punt at how much the they sold it for in two thousand and one? Uh, okay, I'm just going to try and give you a bit of a steer with like how many hectoliters. Can you give me a steer on how on, on how big the company how? What was the because Bex is quite a big name in Germany? Yeah, I want to say it's got to be in the top five brewers in Germany. So, one of the be, top five German brewers at that time, I want to say it's going to be like we, we're going to say so. I'll, 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 it's going to be in the billions, it's in the billions, right? Okay, I billions. was going to say 500 million euros, so I'm pleased that you gave me a guide of billions because it's gone up. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, you've you've said in the billions, you've just done 0.5 as your yeah, first yeah, guess. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to say uh, it sold for billions. So you said you put an S on the end there, so there's multiple billions here. Uh, uh, or have you given me too much? Sh- shall <laughs> I give you? Yeah. So shall I give? Should we do an A, B, and a C? Go on then. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, yeah. One point one billion. Okay. 1.8 billion. Okay. 2.6 billion. Now, with the three uh, three choices, I always tend to go for the middle one because I feel people try and hide the answer in the middle Ooh. one. So I'm going to go Ooh. 1.8 billion Ooh. euros. Are you sure? Yeah. Spot on. Oh, you're, you're right you it's a technique that's, that's worked for you in the past and it's worked for you today. So well done. 1.8 billion. And again, I, I, 2001... Actually, was a while ago. That's a lot. That's quite a lot of money. That's a lot of money for that period of time. So that makes a lot of sense. Actually, this was a big, big brewer, big name in Germany, and they got sold to who for one point four eight million? That would be Interbrew. Interbrew. Where do I know the name Interbrew from? (laughs) Do we know? Do we know where this story is going from there? Ah, okay. So it's it's what I now know as A B and Bev, right? Yep. Bingo. Where's Interbrew? Because I thought InBev. I thought InBev was like Bush InBev. Yeah, sorry. So there was Interbrew. Okay. Merved with Ambev to become InBev. Okay. I see. And what what year was that when they merged? 2004. 2004. 2004. Okay. And then 2008. Yes. Our dear friends Anheuser-Busch arrived and then... I've just done the uh, coming uh, together da- da- David Brent finger webbing. I <laughs> hope <laughs> people get that reference. Mm, yeah, <laughs> the merge. You know when you have, you have your hands and you go merge. Yes, um, to become A B in there. Who, who they've they've got quite a few beer interests. I understand. Yeah, yeah, they're they're quite big, uh, especially after that merger with their or the purchase of SAB Miller, I suppose, or quite a lot of their brands. So Bex is an AB and Bev product. Exactly that, and um, I haven't looked too much at their um, <clears throat> uh, too much at their 
um, portfolio of, of beers, but we do Beck's, Beck's beer, which is their, their sort of pale lager, I think uh, I think is the, is the, mm-hmm. the term we, we go by these days. Um, they also do the Beck's Blue, don't they? Which yes. Which I think so you've got, haven't you? That is the one I have. And if I'm quite honest, this is the uh, unapologetic first ever alcohol-free beer that I can think of. Um, I This is the first time I've ever tried a Beck's, Brew, a Beck's Blue. Um, <laughs> but... Let's- <laughs> a Bex brew from a Bex blue, yeah. But it is. If anyone ever asked about a non-alcoholic beer, I think it was Bex blue would come to mind. And it looks mm. like a dated label. Mm. It doesn't look like you know. You've ne- I know we've got this explosion at the moment of non-alcoholic beers all over the shop. I had uh, Corona's non-alcoholic uh, beer last night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely exquisite. Such a good non-alcoholic beer. I've put that above uh, Heineken's 0.0 as my favourite um, mass uh, non-alcoholic beer, I must say. Um, but anyway, I digress. The label and packaging of, 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 of Corona is, is, is very up-to-date. It's very keen-keeping. Bex's has not changed, I think, forever. And even right now, in the category context of non-alcoholic beers, they use a very dark, like navy blue almost. And it just looks mm. really dated. Um, you're starting to see, I think, non-alcoholic kind of take this quite light blue as its color, like category code. Um, and so for this, for Beck's blue to be in this very dark blue, um, it just makes it feel and it looks like the original. Let's put it that way. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, because taste wise, I mean, I opened up the beer bottle and I said it to Barbara off, off, off camera. It smells like farts. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry for anyone with a nervous disposition who's listening to this, but it's a really <laughs> unpleasant smell as you first open up the bottle. And yeah, it was. It's like, you know, being trapped in a car honesty. on a long car journey. <laughs> I love the honesty. Um, it was funny, though, because I think the words you used, uh, um, well, the word you referenced that they used before was something about unapologetically... <laughs> Yeah. Whatever it was. And I always think when someone says, well, I'm unapologetically X or Y, you think, so there is something you need to apologize yeah. for. It's, the, it's that thing of like, you know, don't, you know, don't hate me because you can't handle me. You know, it's like, yeah. no, actually, you're the problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's really accurate. <laughs> but they, um, they do do other beers. There's a Bex Gold. Um, yeah, okay. There's a lem- there's a lemon brew, oh, which will be like the, a rattler um, style. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So half, it's, it's a half Beck's, half uh, lemonade. Nice. So it's um, yeah. Uh, there, there are others, but it's they're not. You know, um, <clears throat> they do almost like a um, what appears to be is, is as a two and a half percent. Um, uh, there's like a lemony and a red one, so I think it's almost like I don't want to say it's a like a hard seltzer because it's also. Not quite like that. It's almost like an looks to be like an alcohol pop actually, because I've never tried it. I've never seen it before. But um, uh, they haven't branched out into the things like they. They're certainly not going to go down as um, as a crafty crafty brewer uh, in terms of uh, Travis's descriptions. But, um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the beer itself is is uh, one of those um, hoppy. I think robust is the word. Yes, it's like crisp, okay. Crisp, crisp lagers, which um, you know, is a uh, it's one that I sometimes think that, but for you know some fate of of distribution at some point, could very much be the one that stacks up in. I mean, it does in, in a lot of be- a lot of pubs in the UK. It could very easily be the one that's you know um, <clears throat> available on draft in place of um, Heineken or Stella. Or Carlsberg, 
uh, yeah. as well. And I'm sure I hope, hope I don't offend any uh, Bex fans or you know uh, um, Bremen locals. Um, but because uh, actually, I, I probably would go to it first out of a couple of those. Oh, really? Uh, personally, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, well, particularly Carlsberg. Maybe Carlsberg is not a fair comparison, but I think I'd, I think I'd uh, lean to Bex first. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like when I think of Bex, I always think of green. Like it is a very traditional. Yeah. They use the traditional green bottles, um, yeah. which is you know what you think. And and actually, they've really tried to own that space, I suppose, which is unusual. Yeah. You know, like Heineken own their green, but Bex owns that other type of green. You know, it's it's you know, it's, yeah, if yeah, you look at the color spectrum, they're very they're like next to each other greens, but they are like slightly different. Let's say that's it with the little flash of red as well. I think I used to get them muddled with Grolsch quite a lot. Yes, I agree. I Weirdly. think of Grolsch actually a lot of the time. Um, but they, I think they really tried to double down on this with their first like real kind of like you know after the eight when uh, ab and bev purchased them they got a lot of bank a lot of money to kind of start doing some like real marketing campaigns and and they they actually did this this weird campaign actually which i'm just kind of reading up about um where there's a ship like it's an old like uh sailing ship called the alexander von humboldt ship and what they did is that they basically paid to have new sails put in there were all the becks green and i've got a picture of this like old-timey oh, ship like sailing ship with these big green sails it looks absolutely ridiculous uh, you know yeah, their whole campaign was like only you make it legendary uh, which i just sort of feel like you know for for a brand like becks it's just you know that's a mass beer uh i guess you know because it's sold it's a lot of volume. Uh, you know, I read that they, they actually um, brew about 2.56 million hectolitres every year. So this is not an insignificant, you know, by volume product. This, this is a lot of Becks coming out of Bremen. It's probably, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of base in the US is in the St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, and, and actually they've they're kind of the US populace has had a bit of a love hate relationship with Becks. They buy a lot of it, but they also have rebelled, you know, against the US market version because they try to change it in the, for the US market. So it's kind of that kind of like new Coke to classic Coke, you know, kind of like argument of like, don't change the recipe. We liked Becks as it is. So, you know, I think they forced the US version of Bex to go back to and could be closer to the original Bex, which you find out here in Europe. Interesting. I just uncovered basically that, um, so I, the, the key and the logo. Yes, tell me. I've got no idea anything well, about this key. <clears throat> I, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a huge, you know, um, I'm not going to take you on a journey here. Basically, it's the reverse. Of the coat of arms of Bremen, Bremen. Bremen? Oh. I always say Bremen. Bre- I say Bremen, but maybe I'm anglicising it too much. I said, I just think I just said I always say Bremen, and then within three seconds it said <laughs> yes. something else. Um, <laughs> but it's a port city, and so um, oh sorry, it's it's, it's on yeah, it's where it is because the uh, ample access to the port. That's how they, uh, you presumably, were popular to start off with, is that they could, uh, well, were popular worldwide to start off with, because they could really easily ship it out from where they were. Um, that's all. <laughs> that's, good. That's, good. that's where the key comes from. So and another key, interesting thing about The key Bremen. is the Bremen key, but backwards. Like, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, so it the half back to where they come from, I see. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And actually, I've seen, I've heard that recently. I was at the Guinness, um, I was at St. James's Gate not that long ago, in, in uh, a couple of weeks ago in, 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 um, in Dublin. And it was basically that, like, you know, the harp was taken from, or no, the, the harp, the original Guinness harp was taken by the Irish uh, National Assembly, but they reversed it so they didn't have to pay Guinness any kind of fees. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I feel like that, Bex has done the same thing. So... Yeah, I mean, Bex is a, you know, I mean, most people will know what Bex is. They've probably had a Bex. Um, they're usually sold in, in multi-packs. They're rarely, you know, sold by the bottle. Um, you, I actually see them very rarely on taps anymore. But if you do see a tap, I, for me, it's the Bex name in a, on a silver kind of like yeah. on a silver background. Um, yeah, I can it's it. quite old school. Uh, you know, it, it, there, has, there hasn't been any much investment in the Bex core packaging for a long time they certainly haven't run any advertising that i've seen for a very long time um they have in the background been running um a lot of artist collaborations um you know changing their label uh i see on their twitter you know they've got like different artists who have done illustrations and they've put that as the the, the roundel circular label a uh, very traditional looking label uh style um, in the background. So, you know, I guess they're trying to do something, you know, a bit different, trying to appeal to different kind of audiences. But, you know, all in all, I think Bex is, is a brand that, you know. Yeah. You mentioned those, you mentioned those artists. So actually, I think it's, I, I was just reading also. So the, the last kind of a big, well, um, there, some big names were, were featured, but also from, from a while ago. So, um, uh, there was a label in 1995 from Damien Hurst. Yeah. Uh, and then Tracy Emin in 2000. Um, and again, I think I said, said earlier on, um, I keep thinking that like the early 2000s is as if they were about four or five years ago. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> no, we're talking 20, 25 years, uh, since they since, since, uh, those, those particular new labels. So, um, yeah, as you say, things have been a little bit quiet since then. They've been doing a lot of work with the D and uh, AD awards, uh, which is like one of the highest prestigious creative and design awards. Um, that goes out there so you know you might see them they have the little uh, the awards like the pencils like big thick pencils oh yeah you might have seen those before um, anyway so it's really big because so they, they do like festivals every year and I think uh, Bex have done a lot of push to, to get their well they refer to as their doodles in, in the DNDAs uh, D and yeah, ADs nice. so you know it's uh, it's, it's a, I think they're trying to do something to be relevant, but you know, it's, it's a mass beer at the end of the day. And, mm. you know, it's, it's well loved by a lot of people. It's drunk by a lot of people, obviously by that volume that we just talked about. Um, but you know, for me, especially they are the OG when it comes to non-alcoholic or alcoholic free, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I just feel like still their alcohol free is like apologetic for being alcohol free. You know, it's yeah. got alcohol free written in red. Uh, on the capsule, it had a section that was like a warning label to say it's alcohol-free. Um, you know, so again, it feels like it's really old kind of thinking that alcohol-free was to be apologised for rather than celebrated, as I think we're now in this era of, of new style of alcohol-freeze where consumers are demanding, you know, different takes, not just alcoholic beers. Uh, you know, and I think we're in a, a, a very healthy stage and age of non-alcoholic beers, a lot of different varieties happening. Um, and I think Bex is the original and apologetic alcohol-free um, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that I think the conversation has moved on from being like, oh my God, what, you're getting an alcoholic free beer to, oh yeah, have you tried that alcohol free? Well, I actually quite like this one. You know, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's a more healthy conversation, quite literally. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I mean, not so much to say about the taste. It tastes like a Bex. Um, it smells like farts. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a mass beer. It's harsh on the nose. I think it's if we wanted to uh, try and, try and uh, par- not paraphrase, soften the blow a little bit. But, um, yeah, um, I mean, a, when we do use it as one of our case studies, I think we knew when we uh, started talking about Bex, we said uh, it's not good that we're going to be putting the, the listeners on to, uh, you know, hot hot new kid on the block. <laughs> it's not like anyone's going to go, Bex, I haven't heard of this beer Bex, before. Bex, is that how you say it? Um, yeah. So give you their numbers then. On uh, Twitter, and again, they've broken it down by country. So Twitter UK, they've got um, 77 followers. Oof, that is abysmal. Ooh, thank um, you. From a brand that is so big as Bex is, to have... Is is that one we've actually got more than? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd, like, I'd love to see if we get to these numbers on Instagram. They've got 137,000 followers. And this is just Bex Beer Brazil. So Brazil are loving Bex, by the looks of things. Oh, wow. Is it popular in the Americas? Yeah, well, it looks very different, actually. Um, it looks quite it looks quite similar in, in a lot of ways, but a lot bigger. It, it feels very ownable. So, actually, Bex might be sold in a, a lot of different countries and, you know, and more popular yeah. for different reasons. Yeah, they look to have done some really cool activations, actually, in Brazil. I'm looking at this Instagram now. So, yeah, long story short, I think uh, it might not sell too well here in the UK, but it definitely sells well in a lot of other countries. I, I mean, it was very popular in the U- US when I was there. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That Podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>